Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to a Tuesday edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM on Twitter. It is Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020, and I apologize for not getting to you yesterday. I had to work early in the morning, and unfortunately, the morning minutes had to be put off till today. But a ton of news for you, as it was a very happening weekend. School started some spring practice this week, multiple of them. And with that, a lot of news is going to start coming out. And some interesting news, we'll start off with the football side of it. As Indiana running back Samson James has entered the transfer portal, clearly Stevie Scott is Tom Allen's number one. And James got plenty of playing time last year as the backup, played significantly, and you kind of thought that James would wait around and say, hey, you know what, my sophomore year I'm going to spell Stevie Scott, I'm going to play a good amount, and then come junior year I will be the bell cow and take over the Indiana offense. Well, he didn't see it that way. And... Apparently, he didn't get enough playing time to his liking because James clearly entering the transfer portal tells you that he wants to play. I don't blame him for wanting to play, but I think that especially at the running back position, if you play a significant amount or a good enough amount in your freshman year and you are still having an upperclassman who has eligibility in front of you, Saving those carries isn't the worst idea. Running backs typically have the shortest shelf life in football in general. And by saving some carries in college, you just elongate your career at the next level. And I think James has got a pretty solid shot at becoming an NFL running back. So a little bit confusing for me, for James to be entering the transfer portal, but I don't know, you know, I don't know what his personal life is. I have no idea what's going on on that side. So uh, hard for me to say what that is, but it seems like Samson James uh, doesn't want to be at Indiana anymore and will potentially be moving on, although we have seen plenty of players enter the transfer portal and come back to their respective schools. It'll be interesting to see if James makes a decision, especially with spring practice right around the corner, to really see what was going on and how everything was going to shake out. You're probably in line to see a little bit more people getting into the transfer portal later on this month, early next month, at the conclusion of spring. That's when the depth charts are really set going into the season. And, you know, a little odd, the timing of this one. That's... You know, I just think that, you know, James probably should have waited maybe another three weeks or a month to make a decision on this one. But nevertheless, Samson James has entered the transfer portal. Speaking of another player who is not going to be with their team for spring ball, it's going to be Nebraska wide receiver J.D. Spielman. Spielman has taken a leave from the team. He is still enrolled in classes at Nebraska. However, he has gone home to Minnesota and it's come out that it's for personal reasons personal reasons have not been released I'm sure at some point in time we'll find out exactly why Spielman has left the program to be at home with his family uh, you know potentially medical something with you know someone in his family at home 
But the good news is that it does look like the senior wide receiver will be returning to the Cornhuskers at some point in time. Like I mentioned, he is still enrolled in classes at Lincoln. So that's a good sign for Scott Frost. Uh, I don't really think that J.D. Spielman needs much work on the field for the spring. Anyways, he's a senior. He's the most productive wide receiver coming back for the Cornhuskers. So for him to miss the spring... To me, that's not really a big deal. If he has to go take care of personal things back home in Minnesota, hey, go ahead, do it. I think it's a good idea for him, especially at this point in time. He has nothing to prove. We all know that when he comes back and gets on campus, as long as he's up to date with his conditioning, I'm pretty sure that Spielman will be fine going into the season. Some unfortunate news for Penn State as Nick Elks Nins has decommitted the Florida tight end, decided over the weekend that Penn State just wasn't going to be a fit for him. Kind of odd because Penn State continues to put out a ton of talent NFL-wise at that position. And I'll get to that in just a moment because uh, there's a, a player that will be talked about that will potentially be going in the first round of the NFL draft for next year. So a little odd that Elksness is not going to be a Nittany Lion because they produce a good amount of elite tight ends in College Park. And you figure that James Franklin would be able to keep a tight end commit over other positions because of the success they've had putting tight ends into the NFL. But unfortunately... At this point in time, Elksness decided not to be a Nittany Lion. All right, moving on to a couple of NFL notes because the Combine just went past this weekend, and there were a lot of Big Ten players who performed extremely well. I got a chance to watch a good amount of it. I was very much impressed by Tristan Wirfs, Jonathan Taylor, Jeff Okuda went out there and did some really good things, although an injury potentially slowed him down during some drills. Uh, looking at Antoine Winfield Jr. was very impressive. Uh, AJ Epinesa, another guy that was extremely impressive to me. So, like I said, I didn't watch everything, but I, I saw a good portion of it, and those are some of the names that impressed me. We'll go over to Ryan Wilson. He updated his mock draft. He's got Chase Young still firm at number two to Washington. Tristan Worfs, a guy that ran a very impressive 40 time. Go ahead and get online and search Tristan Worfs and his 40 at the NFL Combine. And to see a man move at his size, it is one hell of a show because he ran a 40 that you're not going to see many men running a 40 at his size I mean over 300 pounds he's moving he looked like a defensive end out there and that just shows you the type of athleticism that Tristan Wirfs has that is a very impressive for the Iowa tackle Wilson has Jeff Okuda going seven to Carolina that's a little bit of changes a lot of times we've seen Okuda going three overall to Detroit uh, he's got Itur Gross Matos going 22nd to Buffalo. The Penn State product will be staying close to 
his college and just moving the state over. You've got Baltimore taking Zach Bond, the talented Wisconsin linebacker. And that's it in Wilson's mock draft updated. Todd McShay also updated his mock draft. Has Chase Young going to the same spot at two to Washington. He's got Okuda going number three to Detroit. Like I said, Wilson has it a little bit different. McShay has it pretty much in line with what we've seen previously. Uh, he's not as high on Tristan Wirfs as Ryan Wilson is. He's got him at nine going to Jacksonville. Uh, A.J. Epinesa, which I can't see how he doesn't go in the first round. He's got uh, McShay has Epinesa going 23rd to New England. Uh, a little surprising that Wilson did not have him in there. Uh, he's got Etour Gross Matos going 27th overall to Seattle. And Penn State wide receiver K.J. Hamler checking in at 30th in McShay's mock draft going to the Green Bay Packers. Again, a little interesting in Wilson's not seeing A.J. Epinesa. I think he is very much looked at as a first-rounder on everyone's list. So weird not seeing him on there. A little bit different. All right, looking forward to the 21 class and 21 season. 24-7 uh, Sports looked ahead to the 21 draft. Their top 10, they mentioned multiple players inside the Big Ten in that top 10 which Justin Fields came in at number two. Uh, they pretty much said it's between him and Trevor Lawrence for the number one pick. They were one and two coming out of high school. Recruiting ranking-wise, I'm not just talking one and two quarterbacks. I'm talking one and two overall prospects in the country. So to see those two names at the top of the list, especially with what both of them have done so far early on in their college careers prior to their junior years. Yeah, you could definitely see both of them getting drafted very early on in the NFL draft in the 2021 draft, so next season's draft. They included other players such as wide receivers, Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman, the talented Purdue speedster, do-everything, Rondale Moore, I could definitely see him getting taken in the first round. The only issue that NFL teams might have is, well, there, there might be two issues. His size, he is a little bit smaller, but you're seeing plenty of NFL players his size performing at a high level. Or you can look at the injury history as well. He missed all of last year with an injury, pretty much. And for a guy that is his size, that might be a little bit concerning for an NFL team. If Moore comes back and he is healthy for Purdue this year, I could definitely see that. Rashad Bateman. I think this is a big year for Bateman because he is no longer going to have Tyler Johnson opposite him on the other side. And you're, you're looking at Tanner Morgan, who is firmly entrenched as his quarterback. They had fantastic success early on in the season between him and Bateman so it'll be interesting to see how Bateman performs when he has the clear cut number one I think that he'll still do very well but then you know that's still a question it's still something to watch in Minnesota Pat Fearmuth the talented tight end for Penn State like I mentioned earlier they're going to have guys drafted early on at that tight end position and he is the guy 24-7 sports Really likes Fearmuth going into the 21 draft. You're looking at Michigan offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield. 
Uh, he hasn't made much moves that we've seen on the field. To be honest with you, you don't hear his name being called very often because he didn't make a lot of postseason lists or anything like that. Unlike the other offensive lineman, Wyatt Davis from Ohio State, he was an All-American, was Davis, and you saw him pop up on a lot of other lists. So interesting to see that 24-7 sports is high on Jalen Mayfield. And the last player that 24-7 sports lists as a potential top 10 pick for the 21 draft would be Ohio State's Sean Wade. Wade flirted with going to the draft this year as a redshirt sophomore, but opted to come back for a fourth year. Can't see Wade really staying past this year. He'll be a redshirt junior, so four years of college. He will graduate this year, so... Yeah, you can't really see Wade staying much longer. ESPN did a future top 25 with the emphasis on quarterbacks. And this will be interesting to see where a lot of these teams go because this is not only looking at what the teams have coming back this year. They're looking at what teams have at the quarterback position coming back for 2021. So a big look ahead because you know a lot of these teams that they've noted have steady quarterbacks going into it not a lot of questions because you're looking at Ohio State they've got Justin Fields entrenched as their quarterback for this season Penn State is pretty set with Sean Clifford you've got Minnesota with the aforementioned Tanner Morgan Wisconsin at, I'm sorry uh, Penn State was 12 Minnesota 17 in their list uh, Wisconsin is 22 uh, they've got Jack Cohen coming back they also have a very talented rising sophomore i'm sorry i believe that graham mertz might have gotten a red shirt so uh mertz could be a he's a second year player he's either a red shirt freshman or, or a true sophomore i'm leaning to i believe they gave him the red shirt uh because of how well cohen played last year and then you've got michigan who's losing shea patterson uh, they've got a quarterback controversy not a controversy but a, a a quarterback open race here in the spring. So nobody really knows who Michigan will ultimately choose. Uh, it, will Jim Harbaugh go with this year because Shea Patterson, you know, ran the offense the last couple of years and did a decent job. And we'll see what ends up happening with the Michigan quarterbacks. But, you know, you have to guess that uh, – Dylan McCaffrey's probably going to get the first crack at being the starter. That would be my guess because he's the one that uh, came in for Patterson last year. But there's there's still uh, there's still some time for that to be decided, especially coming this spring. All right, moving on to the hardwood. There is a lot of news going on over the last couple of days, and let's get y'all caught up with everything. There were two coaches since we last talked on Friday that got extension. We'll start off with the one that happened earlier in Rutgers, Steve Pykel. He got extended through the 26th season, adding two more years to the original deal. This is the second time that Pykel has been extended. And I'll tell you what, the Rutgers program has to be happy with what Steve Pykel has done. He is on the verge of leading them to an NCAA berth, which I do believe they should get. And he would be my front runner, one of my front runners for Big Ten Coach of the Year because 
going into the season, I don't think there were a lot of expectations for Rutgers. And what Pykel has done has been very impressive. Another coach has been very impressive and has definitely earned the extension is Illini's Brad Underwood. Underwood has brought the Illini team back to places that they haven't seen in multiple years. They are also on the verge of breaking a little drought. I believe it's four years for the Illini since they have been in the NCAA tournament. And he also has been extended through the 26th season, adding three more years instead of two to his original deal. This deal with Underwood's extension also included extensions for three assistants and his strength in court, strength in uh, conditioning coach. The assistants were Orlando Antigua, Chin Coleman, and Stephen Gentry. Strength and conditioning coach was Adam Fletcher. They have been added on through the 2021-22 season. So an, an extra year for those guys. Kind of odd that they're going on a year-to-year basis. But, hey, they are got some uh, job security going forward. So uh, big time for the programs both in Illinois and Rutgers I absolutely love the extensions for both of those teams because that gives recruits an idea that the schools have definitely bought into what they are doing and this will be a, a solid solid foundation and base going forward for the two schools all right let's move on to the conference notes yesterday as they announced the Player of the Week and the Freshman of the Week. The, you could stay in the mitten state for both of them as Player of the Week was senior guard Cassius Winston from Michigan State. Winston hasn't had the best season this year. Everyone thought that you know, Winston was a shoe-in for National Player of the Year, Big Ten Player of the Year, etc. He hasn't performed up to the preseason hype. He still played well but not quite as well as everyone believed. But over the past week for the Spartans, he has averaged 20 points, 7.5 assists, 4 boards, shot over 50% from the field as the Spartans won both of their games to get back into the race for the Big Ten. And freshman of the week, like I said, we're staying in the mitten state for everything, is going to Franz Wagner. It is unfortunate for Wagner, although the they didn't win all of their games this week uh, they were able to watch that freshman really blossom uh, mo wagner his brother probably is pretty excited about what his younger brother is doing because uh, he led the wolverines in scoring again this week averaging 17 and a half eight and a half boards he shot an impressive 66 percent from the field and 50 percent from the three-point line very very impressive on that end for the Wolverine freshman so you're looking at Cassius Winston player of the week Franz Wagner as the freshman of the week all right let's take a look at the college basketball rankings that were updated the AP and the coaches poll and you'll see Maryland as the highest Big Ten team up there at nine both in the ap and the coaches poll a little bit lower michigan state they made a big move after a two and oh week like i said cassius winston got the big 10 player of the week because michigan state looked 
damn good this past week. They check in at 16 in the AP, 17th in the coaches. A couple spots below them is a trio of Big Ten teams in the AP at 18, Iowa, 19, Ohio State, 20, Penn State. However, it is a little bit different in the coaches as they have Iowa 18 as well, 19, Ohio State, 20, Penn State, because they've got four Big Ten teams bunched because they actually have Michigan State as the 17th ranked team as opposed to 16. So there's no gap between the four teams. So that's a pretty interesting to see that those four Big Ten teams made it. And then there are two more Big Ten teams in the coaches poll as Illinois made their resurgence back into the top 25 at 22nd, a tie with Virginia. And Wisconsin is 24th in the coaches. However, if you look at the AP, they've got three Big Ten teams there at the end to close it out. They've got Illinois at 23, Wisconsin at 24, and the Michigan Wolverines at 25. Michigan is the first team in the coaches poll that will be receiving votes. So, they're right on the cusp of being ranked as well. It is the final week of the Big Ten season. That means that there is a lot going on. And it looked like just a few weeks it was a two-team race between Maryland and Illinois for the Big Ten championship, the regular season. Well, Michigan State had something to say about that because their move recently has put them into a three-way tie for second place along with the good play of Wisconsin. Maryland has that game lead over Michigan State, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Penn State is just two games back along with Iowa. Ohio State's three games back. They're going to need a lot of help. I don't really think that they're still in this one. However, there's a lot of teams that are still in this for the regular season Big Ten Championship. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a really fun day week uh, end of the Big Ten season because nothing has been really uh, settled right now. It really hasn't. There were no games on the slate yesterday. There are plenty of games tonight and some big games as well. Michigan State taking on Penn State with big time implications here in this one. You've got Maryland taking on Rutgers again. I don't think that you know, Maryland can overlook Rutgers because they're good. They're solid. They're gonna be they're gonna they're an NCAA team. So two really good games, and then you're looking at Purdue taking on Iowa. A solid game here in this one, but nothing spectacular. Uh, Iowa should be able to handle Purdue pretty significantly. But two other games, Michigan State and Penn State, along with Maryland and Rutgers, having a lot of implications on the final week of the race for the Big Ten Championship. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. It was a longer one, so I'm glad that you stuck with it. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Tuesday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.